Stay tuned after the show tonight for the new single by Becoming Bristol, Quiet Yourself. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Another episode of the Will and Dave Show. Uh, tonight, we have very special guests. Uh, we have two members of the band Becoming Bristol. Uh, we'll give you a proper introduction for them later, but a quick little quant- content advisory. We might touch on politics and, and faith and whatnot, but for the most part, we're going to be talking music, arts, and just sharing some fun stories with you guys. It's going to be pretty, pretty lighthearted today, but we just wanted you to be aware. Hey, Will, I forgot to turn the the music up. It was kind of quiet. That's okay. It's what we get for having guests on the show. I forget I'm having fun yapping behind the scenes, and I forget to do the job I'm on the payroll to do. I was going to say, getting paid might be a little bit of a stretch, but yes. Well, <laughs> we'll believe. Yeah, well, I have to admit that I get more from our sponsor than you get from our sponsor sponsor it's hanging on the back wall behind me you don't have one of those and i do but speaking of our sponsor now was that a smooth segue or what was a pretty smooth segue hi i'm susan i think that in all the world there's nothing quite like the coziness of a handmade quilt so i'm on a mission to spread that love as far and wide as i can if you're a quilt maker i offer long arm quilting services and i accept work from anywhere in north america If you already know how to make quilts and you want to learn how to machine quilt them yourself, I have a number of classes and lots and lots of tutorials available that can help you with that. And if you don't want to do any of those processes, you just want to go straight to having the quilt with no delay, I do have a number of fully completed quilts available for sale as well. So details on all of those things can be found on my website, www.stitchedbysusan.com. Well, I've got to get back to quilting, so I'm going to let you get back to the Will and Dave show. Enjoy. And while we're at it, Will, we might as well get this out of the way. If you like the show, why don't you buy us a coffee? I think it's five bucks, isn't it, Will? It's, I think $5 is the minimum donation. If you would like to, you can go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash Will and Dave show for the price of a cup of coffee. You can help support the show, you know? So here's a deal for all of our three viewers, which I know one is Susan, so I know she's not going to do this. I don't think she'll buy me a coffee. She may make me a coffee if I beg. Mm-hmm. Except everybody who buys me a coffee or buys us a coffee, I will send them a link for the new single from the band tonight. Ooh. Because I am that kind of rich. Benevolent. I will buy them a copy. Yeah. So, Will, how was your week, bud? It's busy. It's pretty good. Man, I sound like a Canadian. How was your week, bud? Oh, it's pretty good there, bud. <laughs> Went for a rip. <laughs> Wonder if Tim's watching today. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, there's it, there's language that's supposed to go in there, but I can't. That's right. Algorithms. <laughs> hey, you're singing. That's not singing. I can't sing. Before we move on to Britt and to Tyler of the band, we're going to show you one of their singles right now.
And we'd like to welcome Britt and Tyler. Britt. Man, uh, well, we just, maybe Ty's talked about, but we just released a new single uh, with the band called Quiet Your Heart. Um, so we've been pretty excited about that. We've been working on that stuff for about a year and a half now. Um, I've had that song written for maybe about two years, actually. So it's been kind of a long time coming. Um, and then just enjoying being married and enjoying working and all the stuff that comes along with that, like yard work and changing the oil on the cars and things like that. <laughs> so good, normal life, man. So is, is that, so is that the story of married life? You get to change the oil on the car, mow the lawn. Where's the laundry and the dishes? Are they in that list anywhere? Because I've been doing those they, a lot lately. They, yeah, they are in there. We, uh, every, every week, my wife and I have a conversation about the domestic economy um, and how everyone's holding up their end of the bargain. And, uh, there's actually some science behind that though, man. Like uh, I was reading, um, like there's a psychologist, a Canadian psychologist that was talking about it. He's like, hey, if, if you're a married couple and you spend you know, anywhere from 45 minutes to 60 minutes a week 
discussing the uh, the economy of the household chores and all that stuff, uh, your marriage is likely to go pretty well. So we try to implement that. So who is this Canadian? We have to know the name so we can go look him up after the show. Yeah. Yes, yes. Jordan B. Peterson. Oh, yeah. We're big fans. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I didn't think I, Will was. I, I, well, no, it's, it's, I am a fan, actually. I don't agree with everything he says. Oh, you are? I am definitely a fan of, uh, if nothing else, how he says things. He's an incredibly eloquent person. And so even if I don't agree with everything he says, I generally mm-hmm. speaking really agree with how he says it and how he carries himself. Will, I don't agree with everything I say. So I, don't, I can't imagine that, <laughs> that anybody agrees with everything anybody says. Well, yeah, but you don't carry yourself like Jordan Peterson, so. Doggone it. Here I thought Ooh. I was getting a tough kid. That just went out the window. <laughs> Score one for the underdog. <laughs> That's awesome. The underdog scores a lot of points on his old man on this show. <laughs> so, Tyler, so before we go on on the band stuff, because I do want to get there, you own a recording studio. Would you tell us about that? Because a part of what we're getting into is into and the business of music and how it works and how it works in culture today. And you're doing it, man. It's, it's pretty cool to, uh, to kind of be in the a position where I'm working with a lot of different artists. And I mean, I, I'm like working with mostly local artists still, I'd say local and regional people to Western Washington. So I kind of get like a, I don't know, maybe a, you call it like a, like a bird's eye view of um, how people start to form their music and careers. And um, I, I think that it overall, like the last year has been pretty crazy for music. Uh, I also worked at a venue before everything shut down for the virus. So I think music's in a really good spot. Like if some people think the virus has killed like, kill people's opportunities. I think it's just actually given people like more of a, more of a, uh, a motivation and like drive to do the things that would have resulted in them growing their act faster, even before the pandemic. So let me, let me rephrase that better. Like everything that artists have to do during the pandemic to survive and thrive and grow a following is stuff they should have been doing before everything Mm. happened. So like if people didn't have an online presence or weren't connecting with their fans over the internet before this, Mm -hmm. and we're just relying on shows and touring to gain a following, then like they all tanked. Um, Mm -hmm but it's the ones that have been able to adapt, I think, and put out things that are engaging to their fans. That's that are doing well right now. And, um, a big part of that is working on new music and just putting out music that people want to hear. So, uh, like where I kind of come in is I take people's songs they have, whether it's just their guitar and voice and lyrics and melody. And, you know, some of them, like they'll bring me just that and say, Hey, I want to make this sound like a full band playing or I'll have bands come to me and say, Hey, we want to record our thing and make it sound like it, like it could be on the radio. Um, right. I, I kind of work with both ends of it cause I'm a musician too, but yeah, I think it's really exciting. And like, I have not 
ever since maybe last summer, I have not had like a, a period of time where I would just drive for business. I think it's bounced back and all the more because people, people are in a place where they know that they need to put out music and they need to put out good recordings to compete right. against the noise. So, so the noise is what yeah. you hear on this show. Just, just so you know, what what you hear on the opener of this show on a regular week is the noise I threw together with GarageBand, my guitar, and and a forty nine dollar keyboard that I threw some tunes together. Now this week you're hearing some cool opening music and you'll have some cool closing music. But the noise, do you, so you, you normally have a bumper music you made, huh? I do. It's it's um. Oh, That's the hey country. man, that's not that bad. That's the country one. And this is our oh, normal. Right. Our little 70s. Uh, yeah, this is. Um, jive vibe. Yeah. This is GarageBand and a $49 keyboard in my basement. <laughs> Speaking awful. of the noise. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it's great. Like. Like I love, I, I like both of them. I especially like the country kind of one. I've always wanted to work on like a, like a actual country record. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to do that and make, there's not a lot of connections. Uh, I think in the Northwest right now, at least not the ones I've made yet to do yeah. that. But I know there are some people out there. Well, I'll grab my whiskey and I'll head right over to your studio and we'll just make ourselves <laughs> a country album, Tyler. <laughs> That's the only voice Let's I do can it. do. Is that horrible will or what? Unexpected, but not bad. No, caught me off guard, though. I'll say that. <laughs> so, Britt, you you are a business major, if I remember correctly, right? From University of some university, yeah, some university over there on the <laughs> North, other side, Northwest of University, right? Yeah. And what did you major in, and what ended you up in music, or or the link with that music? Yeah, so kind of my journey with coming to the band um, when I was so I was homeschooled, so I had a lot of like free time basically. Like I would get up at like five a.m. and get all my schoolwork done, and then I'd have the rest of the day basically do whatever. Um, and so when I was sixteen, um, I joined up in this band called The Exchange. And uh, at sixteen, I was like, "Hey, let's book a tour." And so we booked a tour, traveled all around the country, uh, not all around the country, but all the way down to Arizona, which at the time felt like all around the country. Um, and back up. And uh, kind of from there, you know, I, I just really enjoyed manifesting like shows and business and all this stuff. Like we at one period had a manager for a bit, but we always have done all of our own booking, all of our own management and all that stuff. And um, and so when it when it came time for, for college, my parents were like, hey, you need to go to college. Um, I was like, well, you know, I love business and I, I really love being able to grow, you know, the band and, and doing the business side of things. So that's what I'm going to major in. Um, and I was really fortunate enough at, you know, at Northwest, the professors there were really understanding of, of like what I was doing. And so I remember my junior year, um, I, I, I joke about it, but I, I feel like I spent more time on a plane or in a van, uh, than in the actual classroom that year. And my professors were cool with that. And so, um, yeah, just a lot of like on the job training with business and all that stuff. And now, um, I work. I still do the band, obviously, because we just released music, but I also work at a company called Tulu Systems. I'm one of the co-founders there, and we build uh, IoT products for commercial buildings, and I manage all of like, the, the sales and operations stuff for that. So, yeah, that's kind of my business background. So I met you guys. You were with The Exchange at the time, 
and you stayed at our house, and I may or may not have inadvertently almost killed all of you at one time or another, either through toxic fumes in the house or defeating feeding my brother peanut butter bread. And <laughs> yes, and you, I kept up till three in the morning oh, and talking shoot. politics, and you had a show the next morning. Right. And <laughs> how to ruin yeah, a band really quick. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, when we first met Dave, I, I didn't know who you were. Like when we were in the, um, we were setting up, you know, in the, in the space and, uh, you were just there. I was like, who's this guy? You know, and you were like, you looked at me and you're like, who pays for all this stuff? And I was like, well, I'm not going to talk to you about it. Like I paid for all of it. Like we paid for all of it. And I felt like you were inferring something, um, which you were, which you told me later. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I come to find out that that we're staying at your house and that you're feeding us dinner and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so you, I can't I can't remember how you almost killed Todd, but you, you Stephen, you you like burned the plastic or whatever, so we inhaled that stuff. And then for Jack, uh, you you may Jack, my brother Jack is in the band. He's a drummer. Um, and he's definitely allergic to peanuts and. Uh, you made him like a peanut butter sandwich or something like that, and he ate it without knowing it. And no, uh, made pancakes, and they had peanuts in the pancakes. Pancakes. Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so for Tyler and for and for um, for Stephen, it was I melted uh, the handle of the starter for my barbecue, and it filled the uh, house yeah. <laughs> with toxic plastic fumes in the. I don't know where your mother was. Not just fumes. It was really? like floaty particles. Yeah. I found them on the upstairs railing, like shards of uh, plastic. And There's somehow we've residue. remained friends through all of this. <laughs> Amazing. I hope, I hope this comes through the mic well. <laughs> it's coming through just fine, Will. <laughs> a, nice, a nice slow clap for you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty it really is a case of where your mother and her food once again saved my bacon as i would not have these friends if susan hadn't offered to cook for them so so again i have your mother to thank for so much i'm not surprised it sounds about right <laughs> so the band the exchange it was it gets it's all the same uh, members and a new look, a new sound, if I remember right. What was that? Um, yeah. What was that like, or the transition? So we, so we, so for about eight years or seven years, we toured as The Exchange. Um, we played mainly like Christian stuff. We played like Christian festivals and, and conferences and stuff like that. And then uh, we were signed with like a Christian record label. And uh, when we released our first album with that record label, one of the singles on it, Heartbeat, got some play with um, a secular radio station out here in Seattle. Um, and then we got to meet like the DJ for that and interview with her. And, and she really enjoyed our stuff. And then they put us on a secular show at, like at a club. And we had played at some clubs and stuff before. And, um, you know, we played at like, like theaters and stuff like that, like secular spaces. But that wasn't like our main focus. Um, and then I think kind of for us as we were, we, the reception to all of that in that space was really, really great. And I think there was a lot of opportunity for us. And um, we kind of wanted to be able to write songs about more than just, you know, and we can kind of get into this, but I think propaganda is um, art that is not really honest with itself. It's art that is like made for a specific message or specific, like, hey, I want to I push this idea. 
And uh, we felt that to be successful in the Christian music industry, you had to kind of make art that was like that, which we didn't really like to do. Um, and so we we're like, well, I, you know, the secular industry really is enjoying our stuff. And we kind of like making that stuff and writing honestly about stuff in our life, you know, God, girls and, you know, money and things that are hard and sickness and all that stuff and stuff that's not really accepted well by the Christian music industry. And uh, so, yeah, in 2018, we made the transition, rebranded ourselves, wrote a bunch of songs um, and sonically kind of changed a little bit more towards just expanding out of, you know, more like radio stuff to more, you know, alternative pop, alt rock sort of stuff. And yeah, to, I don't know, Ty, if I, I missed anything, you fill it, fill in the gap too. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty good. Um, as far as the, the members and stuff go, we, uh, by the point, at the point that we decided to rebrand from the exchange to the, the new name becoming Bristol, um, we had, Jack, Britt, so, so Britt's the singer, I'm the bass player. Britt's brother, Jack, is the drummer. The three of us had been in it for a while. And so Manny was our like show guitarist, like live touring guitarist back in 2016 to 2017 uh, as the exchange. And so when we rebranded to Becoming Bristol, we had been with him long enough and built some good chemistry together, built some good, some good kind of writing styles together and uh we decided to bring manny on full force as a fourth member when we rebranded to becoming bristol so yeah there's a picture of manny over there from uh oh, perfect his early, probably some of his earlier days with us that would have been around 2016. so all the photos i so that i have here are yeah. all ones i took as I believe I was a roadie for you once in a while, whenever I was in a, in a weak number moment. Number one fan, Dave. Number one fan, Dave. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Fantastic roadie. We had a lot of fun, that's for sure. Oh, and I got rid of me. How the heck did I do that? Oh, I still oh, see I'm you. Back. But... There mm-hmm. we go. Never left for us. So this, <clears throat> this is a photo of Tyler, and I want to know, who is playing the wrong note? Is it Brit or is it Manny? Or did Jack just hit a wrong drum at that moment? The photo hasn't changed yet there, Dave, on screen. Oh. Yeah, I, st- I still see them. Oh, Technical never. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties is right. Let's do it this way. <laughs> Number two for the next. <laughs> the next jingle you write, Dave, should be a technical difficulties jingle. Oh, play. it will be. Trust me. That's not a bad idea. Okay, here we go. You really like the, the Jeopardy song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, I still get no some respect. Ridiculous instrument, like a, a kazoo or something. I don't know. So this here is the one that Tyler's looking at the band, and I want to know who made the mistake. Is it Brit so, or is it Manny? So normally th- Man. there's a few moments that this could be. It's Purple Lights, so I know it's like, I think it's House of Doubt. And so there's... You're not playing the bass though. So, but there's this one part in our set where I grab a cymbal and I spin oh, it around right. and I keep hitting it. Right. And uh, that both both Tyler and Manny know to move out of the way in that. <laughs> and if it's a smaller stage, you know, there's a chance I cut one of their heads off with it. So it could be that, or it could be uh, yeah. Manny made a mistake. Ty doesn't make mistakes. Yeah, he's saying he's saying. <laughs> so, yeah, here's here's something else I go on. I'm like looking. 
like pursed lips, pissed. I'm uh, looking over there. <laughs> I had a pick in my mouth. That's because I was playing keyboard. Then I had to go back to my bass. Oh, that and does of course, make some sense. people yes. would argue that real bass players shouldn't use picks. Uh, I don't really fall into that camp. Even though I learned without a pick first, I still play finger finger style for probably fifty percent of stuff. So I um, play in church, and I love using yeah. a pick. It's way easier. Oh yeah, abs- mm-hmm. that's the that's totally the best way to do it because I know all about that. Only just shut up there in the upper left corner, Will. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a picture of you with multiple instruments. So you already are on the keyboard, you're on the bass, and now you're on Glockenspiel, did we deduce? Or what do we... Yeah. And a tambourine. Glockenspiel. And a tambourine. So what else do you play? That... That would have been for probably the song One Way Street, which was an exchange song. Okay. And it's really folky, kind of a, a hoedown. So like we were having stomping and tambourine and what else was in that? We had some big vocal part, right? Was it? Or some yeah, in the recorded version, there's horns. I don't but you, didn't, you don't have enough hands or mouths to do horns, tambourine, glockenspiel, no. and bass. So we just settled on you doing glockenspiel for no. it. <laughs> For live, at least. This is you on your native yeah. instrument, and no pick. Right. Yep. This is the other one. Missing members. Yep. And this is I remember this song. Help me out here. Um, <clears throat> where he's out on the front of the stage with you guys usually. Uh, what was this called? I can't remember. Uh, that's embarrassing. I don't remember either. All I know is he's. Would that have been One Way Street? It would have been like Out of the Dark. At the or... stand up yet? Yes, Out of the Dark. Yeah. Right. yeah. This is the kind of treatment he gets for not showing up. That is exactly time. right. Just for you, Jack, you don't show up. We mock you. You're swallowing the microphone. <laughs> Who washes <laughs> that? <laughs> Actually, it, it was your mic that I believe. It, there's mustache hairs in yours, Brett, from this, from the show with Pete. From uh, Phil. Yeah. Phil, yeah. right. Phil and Pete. Yeah. 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 Phil, yeah. <laughs> and here's Brett in all his glory. Yeah. <laughs> and another one of the bass without a pick. And I think I have one more of the band. There we go. Man, we've done a lot of shows with you, Dave. You got got a lot of different places on there. Well, I, I kept all the pictures I was taking from <laughs> in front of the stage because I never had anything else to do in the show because all your mixing was all done automatically on your iPad or whatever. So I never really had to work for you guys except for hauling the heavy equipment in and out. Yeah, you, you carry stuff. <laughs> Remember playing at the pin? We had to go up that elevator. It only fit me and a cymbal in because it was weight loaded. <laughs> It was brutal. Yeah, that was brutal. (laughs) So, William, you have to understand, this is a rock and roll event. Mm -hmm. whole bunch of bands, and here comes this 50-year-old guy hauling amps and boxes and stuff, and they all looked at me like, are you in the right building? (laughs) You sure you're supposed to be here, buddy? (laughs) That place doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's there, although they went out of business about halfway into COVID. They, Yeah. So I Uber on the yep. side, and I gave one of the owners a ride about a month before it closed, and they were, jeez, 
they were not happy with our our esteemed governor over on the other side yeah. of the mountains. <laughs> but yeah, that's another conversation for another day. Um, so I kind of want to go into the uh, so art and culture and music and culture. I know that you know in the Christian world, music you really are limited to if it be God or our relationship with God or what God's like and and God and God and God. And in moving out of, out of the arena, you can go, as you said, you can talk about if it be life or sickness or ill or one of your songs is actually on suicide and talking about suicide and those issues. So where does that work in your faith and in your lives, guys? Yeah, I, I think that art is a, like the best kind of art. I view books and songwriting very much the same. Um, and that when you when you read a good book or a good story or you watch it, even a good movie or anything like that, um, like the characters in it are believable and they are real and even if they don't necessarily exist in real life um they they're archetypes like you see them all around you right and and so with with music if you like kind of go out there and you say well i'm going to sing about this this is like the message i want to convey um then you're not you're going to end up you know there's there's always that joke about christian movies being so terrible right like you see like flywheel or whatever and it's just it's just terrible well that's not um, a joke it's like, true they are terrible yes yes <laughs> They are very bad. Um, so like with music, it's it's like a process of discovery, right? Like I, artists have this intuitive understanding of something in the world, right? Like we see some observation or we see some truth that's out there, but we don't, we know that there's a, there, it hasn't been communicated in a way that like, you know, or broken down into a way that can be communicated to people. And so what's kind of, I, I posted about this earlier, but like, um, what's funny about songwriting is that like, sometimes I'll start writing a song or oh, even a song I wrote like five years ago. And if I did a good enough job, like examining the truth and, and being honest with myself about it, usually it will speak to me again later. Right. And like, if you read anything by like Dostoevsky or, uh, you know, uh, Henry Thoreau, like characters in their books and in their stories, they, he, they, those authors build their characters up to be the strongest version of themselves. And then they kind of unleash them into their mythical world and let them compete with each other. And by doing that, you can like have an honest dialogue about what reality is and what truth is. And, um, and then you kind of arrive at something really special. And so that's what we try to do with our songwriting. And that's, what's really scary to me about a lot of the state of art today is like, whether it be Christian or secular, like now that you've kind of got this, um, like the the religion of the left uh like there's a lot of propaganda on that side too usually the people that were really really good at writing songs and 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 kind of uh exploring exploring things that normal people wouldn't want to explore and then communicating in a way that they could understand they're now writing songs and, and creating art that has a has a pre-baked message in it and that's that's really scary to me because i think that you know art is not supposed to be that art is supposed to kind of be agnostic of um, of trying to get to a specific message, You're supposed to just examine the world and present it in a way that we can understand. Right. So, right in the middle of that, I heard the um, <clears throat> heard the propaganda of the left, and I was waiting for William to jump through the screen, and so I muted him so he couldn't. 
No. But this, I wondered, this is this is my feint to get you to bite, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to disappoint, but I I firmly believe that every every angle has its own propaganda, and the left is not yeah. even remotely close to exempt from that. So it's, who it's writes? Like, do, do you ever see that um that video of the family in front of DC? They're conservative family, and they've got like the Trump hat on, and 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 they're the vote Trump. 2020 have you guys seen that one no it's just it's so cringe oh it's terrible man like it's so cringe so you're right like both sides have it and whenever and what what is cringe is when you've got like it's so clear that there's a message they're trying to convey regardless of the reality around them right and that's Mm. that's what makes art corny or cheesy um and it happens on all sides so who writes yeah. The music in the band and the songs. Is it all of you? Is it you, Britt? Who writes? And what is the role of each of you? Yeah, so I mainly write the songs. Tyler's written some as well. Um, but normally our flow is like, I'll write, I'll, I'll begin writing something and then I'll write kind of like the shell of an idea musically around it. And then I bring it to, to, the, to the other guys and then they kind of pick it apart. Um, or they add in their own parts or whatever. And then we, we go from there. Um, yeah, I'm the primary writer for it. And, and Ty and Jack have, have, have a bit of a hand in it too. Manny, Manny doesn't, Manny just writes really good guitar riffs. So that's his, his job. He's a heck of a guitar player. I, I always enjoy watching him play cause he gets into it. He just, he is the quintessential, if that's a word, the quintessential. Quintessential. You were close. You were close. Yeah, but I, close <laughs> only counts in. Or shoes and hand grenade. Guitar players. Yeah, leave me alone, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Ty, uh, what's your experience like, um, like with the studio? Because you have artists of all types and people that come in, and like, yeah. what what do you kind of see with that as they're writing? And yeah, um, man, I I think music is so many different things to so many different people. Um, like, I. I think that genuine music looks like a lot of different things depending on where somebody's at or it can have a lot of different messages. I think I've been, I've been just super like super fortunate um, and blessed and lucky and all of that to, uh, to just work with really chill people. I've, and I think genuine people that write music based on what they're going through. And so I've never had to, I've never had to like deal with the, you know, the feeling that somebody's phoning it in or that they don't care about their, what they're making. Um, or they're just trying to make a quick buck because I know that's very hard to do in music. You can't, you don't get into music to make a quick buck anymore. Um, Mm. yeah, I think, uh, like if, if music is, is genuine and it's what somebody believes or it's what some, someone's going through like somebody else will connect with it someone else will get it maybe not everyone will really enjoy listening to everything but um yeah so like for me i i say that probably between 70 and 80 percent of the projects i work on are like totally secular music or secular artists like i have a huge i have a huge catalog of people that are, um, you know, not making Christian music or not, not plugged into, uh, like the Christian world. And so 
I, I really enjoy it, honestly. Like going back to that Christian movies thing, I don't listen to much Christian music. I haven't for a while. I think that there are some Christian artists making awesome music, but most of my favorite artists and most of my favorite music being made is just not that way. And um, so I, I feel in some ways, like as a, as a Christian person, it's my duty to just make the best art I can and to in some ways put my stamp on, like that's in some ways like my way to help put, put a stamp on the world and not, not that I like change anyone's sound or like I, I work to serve the artists and maximize their vision. Um, but like, you know, why shouldn't the, why shouldn't some of the best music coming out be made by Christians or why shouldn't Christians be involved in putting out the best art? Like that's what the church historically did for a while. And then, you know, from Michelangelo to uh, Handel's Messiah, all these examples through history. So I just see it as part of that. And um, I think that great music, even if it's written by someone that's in a, let's say they're in a terrible place, they're far from God or they're searching. If it's genuine art and it's like a human, a real human experience, I think there is something so human about that, that like, um, like God, like God would see that too. And I think God can look upon people's art that's genuine and also like say, Hey, this is my creation. I love this person. Like, this is very good. Even if it's like them saying how, Oh man, I'm, I don't know what I believe or whatever. I mean, like purely from like a, a consumer's point of view of myself, cause I, I don't make music at all, but it feels like it's a mm-hmm. lot. I feel like the more you get more genuine and profound music, even from a faith perspective from groups that write outside of that Christian music box, because I feel like it's easier to write music outside of that box and have it bleed into the box than try to do it the other way around and write music within that Christian music box and have it bleed outside of that box. If that makes sense. I feel like you get a better product Mm -hmm. if you start from outside the box and some of it filters into the Christian music uh, sphere. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all like I was saying earlier. Yeah, that's it's a good way to put point. it. Yeah, the the direction you want to go with it, right? Because if you're if you're if you're trying to write music with the goal of like this is the message I must say, you know, then it's then you're going to get to that. It's going to be really small and confined, and it might mean one thing to one person. Um, but if you start from like outside of it, it's like, hey, this is my experience, right? And I'm trying mm-hmm. to write about that, and or this is something I noticed in the world. Then yeah, you're because like I, I what I always say is like I write about what I care about, right? And like what matters to me. And because you know Christ is the Lord of my life, then yeah, like that's going to be a part of every single song I write, whether it's a song about my wife or if it's a song about suicide or if it's a song about you know my addiction to my phone. Like that's mm-hmm. going to be part of all of that, right? And that's that's what's key. And I think where you kind of get into troubled waters or or waters of boringness, I guess, is when you start not having that part of you in it and mm-hmm. um that's why we kind of it's it's crazy man like you can play this game where you go because how the like the message of the art goes so also goes like the production of the art and so when you mm-hmm. go tune through like radio stations on uh like on any radio like i can always tell when i'm hitting a christian radio station because they literally they can, the way they can press it and master it is like just so like productized right and it's the same thing with like normal pop music, like radio pop music. The same kind mm-hmm. of feeling is in there. It's hard to differentiate it um, because the production also follows the art. Because like if the art is formulaic, then the production is also going to be somewhat formulaic. And mm-hmm. obviously there's room within that. But 
um, yeah, I always find that kind of interesting. So I have to ask you then, as because this is aimed at Tyler, as and I don't know how to word this. So I'm hearing about art and Christianity and all that. So is art agnostic? What do you mean by that? I, I, like from the I, religious sense? Well, kind of from any belief sense. It, I, I, would, I would word it instead of agnostic, indifferent to, to it, theistic stance. You said indifferent? Uh, indifferent isn't even the right word. Uh, I don't want to say detached from, but art exists in betwixt and between every every different sphere, every different sect. Art can reach out and touch every one of them, but doesn't necessarily exist within any one of them. That makes sense. That's a really interesting question. I... Like so, they the first thing that comes to mind for me, and sorry, Ty, did you want to answer? I know he asked you. No, I I, I missed a couple of the words. So, okay. Um, so the 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 first thing that comes to mind say, for me is that the, yeah, go for it. some of like the same like um like they do like the MRIs of people right the and of people's brains, and when someone is having a spiritual experience the same areas that light up when they encounter music light up when they're having like a spiritual experience or talking in tongues or, or whatever. And so that, that to me is like, okay, there's some continuity there. Um, so I don't know if it can be, I, I have to ponder that because obviously you can be agnostic religiously or atheist religiously and still make gorgeous music. You know, like Coldplay is an atheist band yet some of the songs that they write touch me in ways that, you know, music written by you know with a christian perspective in it don't touch me right mm -hmm. and so it's kind of interesting I, what do you guys think mm -hmm. i feel like like saying is arts uh agnostic or indifferent is like saying is is uh is the tree outside uh agnostic or indifferent or is that is that a christian tree or is it a, a secular <laughs> tree um uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, something that we have with us that, that's, uh, obviously like our ability to do it, at least I believe comes from a higher power and our creator. And, um, right. I think a person, a person who makes the art, it's just getting back to like people say, Oh, you're, so you guys are a Christian band or is this Christian music? What is Christian music? And I would rather argue, I think that, that people can be a Christian a song is a song and mm -hmm. like a song can't be, can't make a statement of faith. A song can't be saved. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I think I, I worded it really poorly. What I was trying to, trying to, to kind of verbalize was have you ever seen, have you, have you guys seen Ratatouille? Yes. This is a really weird metaphor. So I just bear with me for a second. I heard someone brought it up the other day, which is funny. I've heard someone mention Ratatouille like three times in the last week, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's worth watching. It's Give a soup. Flavor. Super random. No, it's not. Ratatouille is not really a soup. It. Uh, and the it's a movie about it's a, it's a rat that wants to be a chef, right? Ratatouille in the movie yep. is actually Confidiality, but we're not getting into that. <laughs> in the movie, there's a line. There, there's this this you know magnanimous cook who runs this 
fantastic restaurant and he has this this slogan of anyone can cook and you know the the antagonist of the series is like not everyone can be a good cook it's just not possible and so and so on but as the movie progresses you get the message of a good cook can come from anyone and what i was trying to kind of verbalize with art being that's why i don't like calling it agnostic or theistic because that that makes it sound like i'm putting art inside of a box or inside of a specific camp whereas i feel like art exists outside of all the camps and anyone from any camp can produce art the art exists yeah. almost outside of that entire hierarchy if that makes sense yeah it made sense except for the ratatouille reference it's a cartoon by disney and disney i like evil, making a fun so. reference bite me <laughs> it's topical ratatouille is yeah. great <laughs> yeah yeah i i think yeah and also like to go with that uh different people with different uh beliefs or like worldviews could also listen to the same song read the same lyrics or read the same poem and get completely different meanings out of it mm-hmm. an obvious example of that is every breath you take by stinging the police it's written as yeah. a stalking song and it's been sung at weddings like I mean, that's a, it's an easy example <laughs> yeah. of, of two people taking, you know, the same thing. And, yep. but it's really interesting with art, with me, I'm a Christian, I'm active in my faith. And yet I look at art, which for me is a hobby. And I look at it, it's something I enjoy. It, it's like a good book. It's like, it's like a movie. It's something I enjoy to do. The, the artist who does it, you know, for art, as you guys are involved in doing it for art, it's a whole new meeting, and yet it still is art. It just, it's a different angle of it. You know, and again, it's a more in-depth angle, and I always appreciate hearing a person who produces art for the sake of the art and not for their own, for their own. You know, I'm a musician for my own good for my own well-being and not to produce music. Hmm. And it's a different angle. That was hmm. profound. Oh my gosh, did William just admit that I said something profound? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing this is this is stored for all time recorded. on we'll YouTube servers. <laughs> we'll cut it in post. It's, it's all good. But guys, it has been a a blast having you on. We're going to end with the replay of your new single. Mm-hmm. It is available wherever fine music is available. Spotify, YouTube, just about everywhere. You can get this new single, and I'm sure they would love to have it shared 467,392,000 times. Specifically. Like, specifically, yes. Anything more than that? We'll be sad if it doesn't hit that. If it doesn't, yeah. it's all Jack and Manny's fault, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Obviously. as always, yeah. William, you have any words of wisdom for our fine folks before we end on this new single? I do. Stay safe and don't die. It's a different kind of tragic when beauty causes sadness Pouring out of red eyes and dry throats Of getting all its status in the blue glow And someone's gotta say it Cause God only knows The sheer amount of static in your soul 
That you need Quiet